0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, just want to remind everybody of the, the new structure. The plan is to try to get 20 minutes of uninterrupted going through the sources, trying to develop the structure clearly, and then we'll have a break for questions or complaints or other observations, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on with the last part of the year. The uh, topic this morning is singing during tfila. Is it a good thing? Is it enhancing the tfila? Is it bringing us closer to Hashem? Or is it potentially a harmful thing? May it detract from the tefillah. I'll start with a story. I did some Kiriv work in the, one of the boroughs of New York. And it required me going there once in a while for Shabbos. And um, the shul, the shul we davened in was a really old shul, and old school, Nagunim. And, and I remember the chazan, when he, uh, the, the chazarus hashads, got to Sim Shalom. Literally, without exaggeration, it took him eight minutes on that first line of Sim Shalom. And it was the point where it was so painful, <laughs> I him that it was also for me to stay there doing the best of nothing. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, so we all know that, that Nagunin can be sometimes hard and sometimes uh, distracting, but other times they can be beautiful and uplifting. I share with you Rabbi Baha'i in the beginning of Parshas Naso. He speaks about the mitzvah of Simcha. He says, Simcha ha mitzvah That the Simcha we experience while doing a mitzvah is a mitzvah unto itself. mitzvah is just like a mitzvah is service of Hashem. Kach ha-Simcha al ha-mitzvah vodah so too the simcha that we have during the mitzvah is also in Avodah. That's also service of Hashem. And he quotes the Pesach, Kisavo tachas esher Lovaratas Hashem l'akacha besimcha v'tuv levav meirov kol. Klal Yisrael were taken to task based on the fact that we had everything going well, we were living a life of affluence, and we neglected to serve Hashem besimcha. And he quotes the Pasuk in Tehillim, Ivdu es Hashem besimcha, the service of Hashem must be with joy. So the Baha'i B'chayi explains, be'er, ki a simcha shlemus ha'avoda, that joy is the, the wholesomeness of our avoda. Ba'alkein haya'inyin ha'shir b'migdash, b'mishkan, that's why we had the music in the mishkan and the migdash, b'shir ha'pev ha'kli, through the singing and the instruments, she may be because the music would bring the neshama of a human being to simcha, and that's why the avoda of the levim was the avoda of music. That's the gemara in avoda La Because the levim was hard mitzuvin La la'or simcha. their main task in the Beit Hamikdash was to awaken the joy al mitzvahs ha'karbin. Regarding the mitzvah of the avoda, kedelios maisa ha-mitzvah besimcha. So we talk about singing during davening, and you go back to the paradigm of avoda, which is in the base of Megdash So it was one awesome choir; it was an orchestra, and we have sources that tell us for different carbonos, every carbon had its own melody, and when they were to sing different the paragraphs of Tehillim. The paragraph would have its own unique instruments to accompany it. So there is definitely a lot of music in the the Avod and the Beis HaMikdash. Now, where do we find a source that speaks about singing in shul? So one of the earliest sources is the Gemar and Brachos. We are on page 6. The Gemar and Brachos says... Ain't shel adam nishmas el Even though we believe Hashem hears our tefillah anywhere in the world we may be, in shul the tefillah is heard to a higher degree. It's accepted in a more profound way. And the source of that is a pasuk in Malachim, el harina Tfila, that Hashem hears the song and the prayer. The Gemara says Shum Teheit Philo, that in the place of song, that's where you should daven. What is the place of song? Rashi explains, but rina, The basic anessis in shul. omrim batish Because in shul the congregation sings together Shiras Batishbochos with a beautiful sound, a beautiful voice. So the source of a tefillah in shul being more powerful than davening elsewhere is the fact that it says you have to daven in the place of song, and the place of song is shul. So it seems fairly evident from Rashi and the Gemara that the shul is a place for music, is a place for singing. <coughs> One of the most powerful tefillahs we have in the Torah is Moshe Rabbeinu pleading to be able to enter into Eretz in the beginning of the Pasha of you can imagine the nuclear force of Moshe's tefillah. So the the Bal says the gematria of Eschanan is Shiro. Eschanan has the same numeric value as song. So what's the connection between Moshe's tefillah and Shiro? Says the Bal HaTurim, of <laughs> Shira, Kadei that Moshe." started singing to Hashem in order that he should hear his tefillah. So what does that mean? He started singing to Hashem to kind of get his attention, and then once Hashem is listening, then he starts to daven. So what the with the Chorah means is that the Shira that Moshe was singing uplifted him and gave him the, you know, the proper mindset to daven in a more meaningful way. The shira brought a higher level of tefillah. So we definitely have sources going back to the base of HaMegdash. Shira was a major component. And in the base of HaKnessus, we have the Gemara Brachos and the Bal Haturim, And that uh, Shira seems to be an integral part of tefillah. Now I want to share with you a Klal Gadol. I think this should be a guiding principle for all questions of singing well davening. The Nigun the melody should always be there to enhance the nusach. The melody of the song is there to make the words of the tefillah more meaningful. If the niggin distracts us from the words of the tefillah, so then it's a waste of a niggin. And we're better off not using any music whatsoever. So how do we determine if a melody is there to enhance or distract? I think there's two requirements. Number one is, the melody should be appropriate to the words that we're saying. We'll see a source momentarily from Ravadia. <coughs> different parts of the tefillah should have different forms of negunim. But if there's a if there's a song that was out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. hey yeah hey Rabba. It's a cute tune. But putting it to those words, something strikes me as maybe not so ideal. You're saying the words of Yehei Shmei Rabbam of and you read the Nefesh you know where we're supposed to be thinking during that line of Hashem you know, becoming manifest in the world. and it, the, the, the Nigen has to fit the words. We said in Halal this morning, Ana Hashem Hashiyana. So, if you have an upbeat melody where you're almost oblivious to what the words mean, it doesn't fit with the words. Either you say no melody whatsoever and just belt it out, coming from the depths of the Neshama, we're davening, baruch, who there's so much we're davening for, help us, save us, give us hatzlacha. Or you have a niggin that's matim, that fits the words. So, I think that's klal number one. Uh, in determining whether the melody is appropriate for the the words of tefillah. Number two is we have to be careful that the melody fits in with how the words are said. So if there's a comma, if there's a period, sometimes the the nigun, although it may be a beautiful one, and it may fit the basic theme of this tefillah, but if it totally slaughters the flow of the actual word, that's a problem as well. Um, I think part of this is when we, when we have a song either for Kedusha or anything else to try our hardest to be thinking of the words so let's say for example you have um, you know the melody of Esa Enay in Kedusha the slow Esa Enay is beautiful but even while that's being said to the words of Kedusha the goal is not to just get into the melody And the goal is not to think of the words, that's not what we're saying right now. The goal is to try to focus on the words of Kedusha, which are beautiful. As I'm singing that song, I'm trying to focus on the words. So is that the nigid is there to enhance, and the way we enhance it is, the melody itself should fit with the theme of the tefillah at number two. Let's not be distracted by the melody, but to use it to think of the words in a more meaningful way. What does the Shulchan Aruch say about singing during the davening? It's the top of page seven. The Siman Nun Gimel in Arheim, where he speaks about the qualifications for Shliach Tzibur. The Chaber writes, Shliach Tzibur yishmu Kolo Arev. If the person leading the davening is singing in a long, drawn-out way, in order that his beautiful voice should be heard. If his intentions are he's thankful to Hashem to have the opportunity to praise Him, then Tefilah of bracha. That's a beautiful thing. is and he davens with a level of seriousness, the omed be emo and he stands there in awe and trepidation. kol. The but if his whole intent is, I want to impress the congregation with how beautifully I can sing, then this is disgraceful, this is disgusting. So it sounds like he's saying, even if you have the right Kavana, if you're too long, that's still not okay, because it's a Tircha. People may enjoy the davening, But if it's drawn out, it could go from beautiful and sublime to painful and almost torturous. (laughs) (laughs) So one amazing thing we see from the Mechaber is you could have two people pretty much doing the exact same thing. And from the outside looking in, they look very similar. But it's all based on, what am I thinking? The person is being machavin, leshem shemayim, is really trying to daven to Hashem and inspire others, then that's beautiful and of bracha, and the person whose main intent is, I'm doing it to get praise and validation from the crowd, hareze maguna, that's disgusting. That's a story with Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, Well, the chazin was about to daven Yom Kippur. For a shul he was getting paid to be the chazin. So he asked Rabbi Yisrael, what should my kavanah be? What should I be thinking? And Rabbi Yisrael told him, the main thing is they're paying you a nice amount of money. Just be machavin to do your job well. Sometimes the <laughs> shame shemaim is, you have a job to do, do it well. Let's take a look at the Mishnah Bureau. <clears> Subkat <throat> Alam If you're given a beautiful voice, you have a gift to sing, so then use that gift for Hashem to praise and to thank, but not for other types of music. He quotes the Yam Shel Shlomo, the Marshal. Also, Lo Hakal. If you're in a place where they don't want you to dab in a long drawn out right? Then even in Shabbos Vyantif you can't do it. And even if they love it and they want you to go for it, Yoser mi dai maguna. If you do it too much, that's also not appropriate. We know that in Shabbos we divide our day half to hashem. Through Tefillah and through Limon HaTorah. And then the other half is for ourselves. That's Onig Shabbos. Through eating, family time, sleeping. Slim Hashal is saying, when you're drawing out too much, that's not for Hashem and that's not Onig Shabbos. Let's jump to Sifchaf Chav a little bit later on in the same simon. Mechabe writes, <laughs> V'shleach Tzibar, Piv, O Shemiranan Bishiri Agovim. If you have a shliach tzibur who speaks Nivilpeh, we said last week Nivilpeh. doesn't mean cursing or you're swearing, but it means you're, you're talking about things that should not be spoken about in public. Oh, she Bishira b'shir or he's singing songs of lust and songs of taiva. Memachin <coughs> you should make a macha and tell him to stop it. Shalolassos Vim eno shomeya, and if he doesn't listen and he continues in these ways, then mavirin oso, you remove him from his position. So this gets us into the question of, granted it may be nice to sing during Navining, given those requirements of what, what fits well. Now the question is, what kind of music can we sing? There are many beautiful nagudim out there. You could take the melody from Frozen and somehow fit that into kedusha. I'm sure that could sound lovely. Frozen is a Disney movie. You could do that, potentially. <laughs> is that appropriate? So it really comes down to how do we understand this? If if you look in number 28, this is a quote from the Piskei Tshuvas. He says that the source of this mechaber comes from a kolbo. And um, the kolbo says that this is referring to a shliech tzibor, If you have a shliech tzibor, that when he's off-duty and he's not davening, shachis Min arev, he's hanging out at the pub, singing the shire nachrim or shireh agovim, or songs of lust, even though it's not during tefillah, sh'iyev shashelo you have to assume that he's becoming impure through that exposure, just like the Shatz, that's Manabil Piv. Right? The Mechaber puts both cases together. A Shliach tzibur who speaks immodestly, and one who sings Shiri him. So obviously case number one of speaking immodestly is not during the tfilah you would assume. So it means that if he's doing this in his free time, you still can't let him daven. That's what the Kolbo says. However, the Magan of Ram and the Shulchan Aruch Harab, the Graz, they say it's not referring to someone who does this in his free time. It's rather, during the Tefillah itself, he's using the melody of Shire Nachrim Vashiriagavim. Now, the way the Magan of Ram says it is, he's using a melody, Shemenagim Behemla Vodas Alilim, that's used for idol worship so we have two very different worlds over here according to the Kolbo if this guy is into <coughs> secular music and he's singing at the pub then we have to say stop it and if he doesn't listen we tell him you can no longer be the Shliach tzibor even though he davens beautifully and he never uses a non-jewish tune that's the Kolbo according to the Magen of Ram and the Shulchan Aruch HaRav it's a very limited restriction <coughs> We're saying that if he uses a non-Jewish melody that was composed and is, is utilized in the base of Odah using that during tefillah, then we say that's unacceptable. So in the world of the Magen of it's a very limited problem. How does the Mishnah Beru paskin? So, so you came two minutes late, Rabbi. We did mention we're going to go 20 minutes straight, and then we're going to open up the questions. <laughs> (Laughter Bashir Ra Nachrams the mission of ruin of cotton and pay bass. <laughs> Raza Lomar, Benigun, Shahannachrim, Minagnim, Bola, vodeski Lulim Shelehem. That means the Schle Htzebur is using a melody that's composed for a vodozoro. Ba, Bichuva, Simmekkov Ha Zain, Vikosov Davka, Benigun, Shimaycha Lazette. So, the only problem is using a nigun that is miyuchad for a votazara. So, it seems to be halachalamaisa from the Mishnah If you were to use the melody from Frozen, or somebody told me they heard recently uh, somebody used the melody for Titanic. I'm not aware of that offhand, but it sounds like it's a known, beautiful song. So, using that for Kadusha or Kaddish, according to the Mishnah would not be included in this Isser. Does that therefore mean its Mutter? We're going to explore further. You have a who also works in different types of synagogues. It is not idol worship. No one should be confused that going into a conservative or a reform shul has nothing to do with the question of vodezaro. Everyone agrees that's not considered a base of zara. There are other issues of Niri Kamaskim. It looks like you're giving a credence potentially, but there's no avodah issue there. I had someone who actually does daven in a conservative shul, and he is the shliach tzibur. And he was going to daven shacharis here, and he asked me before starting brachas shachar his custom is to leave out the bracha of shaloha sani isho. So would I be okay if he just leaves that bracha out and everyone says it on their own? So I smiled and I said, no. (laughs) But if you want to start after you're more than welcome to do that. So the one thing we don't do is we don't change the nusach of tefillah. But uh, the fact that he davens elsewhere, that doesn't invalidate him. Assuming that he's in the category of a which we assume most non frim Jews are, he is not classified as a roshah doing this amazing. When it says uh, songs of Avodah Zarah, that's literal Avodah Zarah or is there is there subtlety to it, like the purpose of it, or, uh, you know, with Kabbal and other things that um, that would like be many more philosophical? Yeah, the or is it like literally, like it? it would, if it was only, if it was made to pray to that God, then it's or otherwise, it would be. It sounds like from the Bach and the Maggid and the Shachna that it's literally this was created for praising that idol or praising Yashka. <laughs> But uh, any secular song would not be included in this issue.: So we spoke about that last week. Now, again, last week, we really, we, we couldn't find any, uh, you know, sources, Gemaras or Bishodim, that say that idea. That, you know, the, the thoughts and mind of the creator of the music enter into the neshama of the listener. We, we, we saw that, we saw one source from Reb Nachman of Breslov who said that. So right, so the, 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 that in the Hasidish world you, you find that idea, <laughs> but 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 in the, in the classic Poskim we'll, we'll see Rivavadia, but by and large in the classic Poskim they were not concerned for that. Let's jump in here to source number twenty nine, this is Rivavadia in the Havadas. <clears throat> so the question is: Ha'im lo mer kadosh o kedusha, v'negina shel shiri are you allowed to sing Kaddish and Kedusha, not using songs of idolatry that we've established, but to use Shiria Govim, secular songs of lust or romantic songs, using that same tune for Kaddish and Kedusha. And the separate question, which we're not going to address today, are you allowed to sing the name of Hashem, in Psukim or in, in Brachos? So the source of this is a Sefer Chassidim. The Sefer of Chassidim says, One who has a beautiful voice, should be careful not to sing non-Jewish songs. Why did Hashem give you a beautiful voice? It's to praise and thank Hashem, not to be utilized for an Aveira. The Nira, so, the main question in this tshuva is what did the Sefer Chasidim mean? When well, the Sefer Chasidim says that if you have a beautiful voice, don't use it for Shire Nachrim, does that mean don't sing the actual songs with the words, or does that mean even the melodies? So, Revadia says it appears from the Sefer Chasidim, it means using the words. Of songs of lost songs of, of, love, that's inappropriate. But the melody of Olomer Shire kodesh pizmonim maginia shechubra belacha and But to utilize the melody that was created by a non-Jewish source nira shain bezeisir klal. says that appears to be totally fine. Now he'll go through some of the, the, the debate here. Afal pisha He quotes from the Maiser Okeach. Even be of Yehuda Chassid be Sefer Chassidim, the Rokeach understood the Sefer Chassidim to mean shalfilu kishah hashir mitzad atzmo kodesh. Even if you're taking the melody and you're using it for kodesh or kedusha, Nigun hanochim shabo yafsiduhu. duhu. Using that melody puzzles; it invalidates the uh, the thing you're trying to accomplish. Ki hichnis hatinofis b'makom hakedusha, because you're entering that dirt. In a place of sanctity, so that's how the Meisar Okeach understood the Sefer Chasidim. Right, so it's not just from Nachman of Breslov. Right, we do find this in earlier sources. However, Ravadia says, quoting the Chida and the Brecha Yosef, <laughs> because when we're singing to Hashem, that song needs to be in the highest quality possible. <clears throat> Kolomar, what does that mean, a high quality for singing? Bechol ma'am tzehekoach, with all one's power. Zos ha'isali li'l'cha b'arov ha'shirim, and that's why the majority of songs that I've composed, al pi'ne gune'aravim, I used Arab melodies. L'fi she'hey magbiyim kolom, Because they raise their voice and they make their music more beautiful than other cultures. So I use Arab tunes because I think it'll be mechaven, it'll help us sing at the highest quality. I have seen other sources that don't like this whole idea of utilizing a non-Jewish melody ulam ein hadin imam but the halacha is not with them we don't pass in that way ki ein bekach klum, because that has no substance so the Berch Yosef is very clear although I'm aware of those who don't like what I do using Arab tunes for uh, for Kaddish or Kaddush or other holy um, words they're wrong and they don't have a valid source Says Rabbavadia, the truth is, Rav Bachos. If you look around throughout history, many rabbanim did the exact same thing. They created their own songs, putting psukim together or their own words using shiriagovim, non-Jewish tunes. It sounds like even songs that were originally composed as a love song. We have Rabbanim, great people using those tunes for Shire Kodish. Let's see a little bit further. Towards the bottom of the page. But Elu, al Many times the tunes come from a non-Jewish place. And in our generation, Zakhinu li shmoa mi pi kodshem Talmid we hear from the great shlichei tzibor, who are Talmid hachamim and their tzadikim and they have beautiful voices She is palu b'naima mizrachis Uber ha menigima shel And they use these non-Jewish melodies in different places in Tfila, b'kaddish bekadusha. V'leiv hakal. The big question is why would they do that? What's the point of taking a non-Jewish love song? What are you doing? So I think the motivation is here. V'lev hakal nimshach acharei the people get into that music. V'dechilu v'rechimu b'simcha, v'tuv levav betodo b'kol zimra. That creates a sense of joy and reverence that we could praise Hashem b'kol zimra. I think the basic idea is because if you're using a type of melody that people are accustomed to, then they get more into it. If you look at any shul in the world, any melody that's used, if it's not exactly taken from a non-Jewish song, but it's extremely influenced by the culture of music around them, you have a a synagogue in Turkey, they're, they're not using the melody of Baruch Levine for Kedusha. If you have a shul in Chicago, so they're not using some more Middle Eastern tune for Kaddish. Shules use the type of music that people are accustomed to because that cultural influence has a major hashba. So I'll get more into it if it's the type of music I like. You know often when we're having a conversation about what melody to use for davening, my, my litmus test is put aside tefillah. Let's say you never heard this melody before with Kel Picture yourself in your car, listening to music. If this melody came up, how quickly would you change station? He quotes from Reb Yisrael Moshe Chazen. What did he do for a living? Anybody know? (laughs) Reb Yisrael Moshe Chazen, one of the great Go'onim. He writes, this is the underlined piece, Uba Turkia, Alpi Meneginos turquios. In Turkey they use the Turkish melodies. Uba malpi Menigo, And in Rome they use the melodies that the you know when in Rome <laughs> do as the Romans, that's what they do. And the only thing we care about is the words that are used. And he concludes, if you Moshe Chazin, the gamani. I also create songs using Arab tunes because I think people relate to those more. So when you read this tshuva by itself, it sounds fairly liberal. It sounds like he would say, if you want to use the melody of Frozen or Titanic or any other good Disney theme or even love songs, as long as you're using proper words, it sounds like that would be okay. Now here's an important footnote. In the footnote of Avadia says, and this idea we also find from uh, Rav Yaakov Hillel, he says, "If you have the choice, don't don't take a love song." If you have the choice, there are many beautiful negudim that were composed by Jewish <coughs> musicians. Use one of those negudim. Svaafal Pishagam Shirim Nosdu and And even though you could argue, but where did they get their music from? And if you source it back, you could all point to different secular sources and perhaps Shiriagovim. That could be the source of all of the music. Kivan Hayamim nishchu hamilim because it's been so long. Right, maybe this niggin that we all sing for, for Simontov came from a love song that was big in the 1800s somewhere in Poland. Maybe. But because nobody knows the words, nobody has that association, then it's okay. It's become holy, so to speak, through using it for so many years. Right? Or the Adar song. <clears throat> What's that niggin again? Uh, jump down, turn around, pick a bell How does that go? Jump down, turn around, pick a bell Turn <laughs> around, turn around, pick a ballet. Right? <laughs> oh, Lordy, pick a bell. That's where the nigan comes from. It wasn't created by Rabbi Yisrael Moshe Hazan. <laughs> it comes from a, a melody that was probably put together by slaves in the South in you know, the 1800s, living on a plantation. But again, with, with years gone by, decades, it, it, it's no longer viewed as that. And now you, you sing that niggin to any kid in a Jewish school, they automatically think, other. So it's been transformed. But Revadia does say that if it's a, it's a melody that people know, and therefore many people in the shul will be thinking of those words <coughs> while you're singing it for Kiddush or Kaddish, that's a problem. So not to get too controversial, but for example, if you have a band like the Maccabees, and they're taking a song that is fairly new, only a couple years old, assuming that song is in the category of Shiria Govin, to take that melody and to use Jewish words is not ideal. Well, that's what, the, that's what they do. I'm sure they, they listen to that song over and over again. They master the music behind it, and they change it to Jewish words. you never heard the real song, them. Other people hearing that song, I think 100%. I think even Ravadia, who's fairly liberal in, in this whole discussion, would say taking a song that's a few years old and changing it to a Jewish song would not be ideal. So, so, so I, I think you're right. It's better than using that melody for Kedusha. But I think you still have the same problem if, if most people know what that song is. Now, now that secular song may not be <clears throat> problematic. Like we said last week, there, there are secular songs that are not treif. But assuming they're taking a song that in the category of shiri Govim, it's a song of lust, it's the, describing relationship in a way that's very, very much the antithesis to Torah philosophy. So when you're singing their words and you're thinking of the original words, we would still say that's, that's a problem. But how about if you just appreciate the song for itself? You know, you don't, you like the beat, and you like the MacBeast you know, version better. Like, you, you, you don't find yourself, you know, going back to the original song. Okay, so then, then you wouldn't have that problem. But I think Ravadya is saying that for sure doing it in a public forum, if you're using that niggin for kedusha, likely some people will be thinking about the original words, and if those words are, are not so great, a little bit different than uh, if the author of the music puts their intentions and it can transfer into someone's soul, but um, we used to hear a lot that the style of the music conjures up a certain, you know, like, like the rackiness is going to make you, you know, not well, up. So. So, so this happens to be a very significant point. What we spoke about last week was the words themselves, <coughs> and we said as long as the words are not religious, avodazara, or lustful, Right. It's technically mutter. Um, we spoke about the idea of the melody having some kind of mystical impact, which it sounds like most people are not so afraid of. But there's a third issue, which Yehud is bringing up, which is the idea of the type of music or the type of beat. And the Rosh Shiva actually said that that can make a difference. You could have Jewish songs, right? songs created by Jewish musicians, using psukim from Tehillim. But the music makes you want to jump up and smash somebody in a mosh pit. So that's not necessarily Jewish music. Rabbi Emanuel um, Friedman, he was the rabbi in Atlanta for many years. So he had a line one time. He said, nowadays I go to Jewish weddings, similar to the Pasuk in the Torah, HaKol Kol Yaakov, Yadai Midei Esav. right? It's the voice of Yaakov but the hands of Esav. So he said, when I go to Jewish weddings nowadays, it's the call it's the of Yaakov, it's the words of Yaakov, but it's the, it's the music of Aesop. <laughs> I once read a study, and I'm not sure how they verified this, how to even get real statistics on such a thing, but they were claiming the majority <clears throat> of drive-by shootings that take place happen while rap music is playing. So whether or not that's true, or that can be substantiated, the idea is, is clear. There is a kind of music, that's why in Milchama, in a war, you had people, I don't, I'm not carrying a rifle, I'm carrying a drum. Wouldn't I be more helpful if I could shoot somebody? The answer is no. You're more helpful by getting people aggressive and animalistic. So, so you know, that's a very hard area to be magdir. How do you define? You know, what's Simcha and Lebedek and geschmack music and using all the good Yiddish words versus, this is just inappropriate. This is just not, it's not Jewish. And then coming back to the whole culture piece, like we live in a culture where a lot of mainstream music has moved towards <clears throat> the more, um, you know, with electronic music. Electronic music has that energy to it and then the Jewish music has taken that on and that's what you're seeing at weddings. So like. You know, it seems like there could be two sides to it because it's just it's the culturally that's you know like the arabic music that that he was taking on to use for his right so but but i think there may be an important difference in, in these sources from revania the fact <clears throat> that people are using arabic tunes or turkish tunes we assume objectively it's still beautiful music o- only concern there is the cultural association i think when it comes to your issue there may be a cutoff point that's objectively not OK. Objectively, this makes you animalistic. So it's not so much, well, the culture does it, and therefore we respond better to it. This kind of really absurdly, you know, you're driving in the car, and, and your car starts shaking because the guy next to you has the base. <laughs> so even if that's totally normal, everyone does that, I think we'd still say, objectively, that's not what a Jew should be doing. I, I'm not- so I don't know I'm I'm not sure where to cut off the line I don't know it's a good question to realize there is definitely a threshold and there is a point where we'd say even if it's accepted it's not for a yid I want to finish up with music on Shabbos we had Rabbi Grumlad here for Shabbos and I I drove him to shul so I'm walking in with him and I'm holding my guitar for Havdalah So he asked me, "Is like, do do you play that during the the service itself?" (laughs) So I said, "Yeah, you know, in Boca, really, we're very flexible, and and it's a beautiful service. I think you'll enjoy it very much." (laughs) So, is there any source that they've played music during Kabbalah Shabbos in a frum shul? Surprisingly, the answer is yes. They had some massive shuls where playing music during the service was the norm. Take a look here at source number 30 on page 9. This is Rav Hadiyah in the, uh, the end of Chelek Olaf Yechav He writes, In Bochos, How about singing praises to Hashem accompanied with uh, instruments? Yesh Litzayin, I'm going to quote from Rav Ram Emdin in the Sefer Tzurachayim that in the community of Prague, During the Kabbalah Shabbos and the, in the entering of Yontif, they would sing with guitars and fiddles. In order to bring joy and enter into Shabbos and Yontif in a good mood. He says that was the custom in the big shul in Prague. They would sing Lecha Dodi, Likras with, mus- with instruments, Ad Boi Bisholom, Bala, until the last paragraph. In the last paragraph, they would sing without the instruments because that's when they were Mekabel Shabbos. He, he says further on at the end of this little piece. He says, "Mismor Mizmor Shiliyom Shabus. There were some places where they sang Mizmor LeYom Shabbos twice. Harisha and Kabbal Shabbos. The first one was not in order to accept Shabbos, and that was done Im Klishir with the instruments. In order to get their hearts ready to go into Shabbos in a state of joy. And then they'd say, ashir, again, without the instruments having in mind to be Shabbos. So can we try that here? We could try that, but we might be placed in the But during the summer, when you think about it, it's happening early. You have really an hour and a half before Shabbos actually starts. He's going to know. OK. We'll consider it. We'll run it by the board and see what they say. Um, but even if we don't actually play guitars during Kabbalah Shabbos, I think it's a good Musser Haskell for us. That should be the energy of Kabbalah Shabbos. You know, the idea to be sitting there saying the, uh, the paragraphs of Tehillim <coughs> while doing Shnai Mikra, that's not what they had in mind, right? The Kabbalah Shabbos was created in the 1500s in Swas. And they would go out into the fields and they would say these Tehillim together Shiros v'tishbachos, Rav Shlomo al leading the way, singing L'cha Dodi with his friends, he didn't have a mishnayas next to him between the paragraphs. There's a time for learning and there's a time for davening. There's a time for learning and there's a time for singing. And we can't confuse those because otherwise we really, we're not getting either one well. So although we may not play music, that should be the focus. It has to be electric, energetic. Now, how about on Shabbos itself? Let's say we're past, um, you know, Boi Bishalom leads us into Shabbos, and now it's already officially Shkia. How about the dancing? And that was the first thing I changed when I got here. I was asking, what do we do usually Friday nights? We had 13 families. And the answer I got was, when we have college students, then we dance for the Chadodi, but when we don't, we just, we sit. So I said, Ad kan vlo yoser. That's not what we're doing anymore. If we dance because we enjoy and we're into Kabbalah Shabbos, and we're always dancing every week disregardless of who, who's there, who's not there. No, no. So, can't have a system like that. The first thing we changed was we dance every week or we don't dance at all. And I think dancing every week is a better move. So the question is, but isn't it also the dance on Shabbos? The Gemara in Be'ah and Daf Lamed tells us: "Ein betapchen, vein mesapken, vein merakdim." Right? We don't clap, we don't do the don't thigh slap, and we don't dance. <laughs> Why don't we dance? <laughs> because the Gemara says we're concerned that we get so into it, we'll uh, we'll create a cliche You'll make some kind of musical instrument, which is a violation of bona or makbepatish. Tosos comes along and says, however, nowadays, where people don't really have that talent, we're not concerned for making instruments and therefore dancing is OK. So without getting into that whole discussion, the major question on Tosos is, how can you say that? Usually when we have a gezerah in place, even if the reason for the gezerah is no longer as applicable, a gezerah is a gezerah. OK, leave that question for now. The bottom line is, the machaber and the Shulchan Aruch says, quotes the Gemara, we don't clap, we don't dance, period. The Ramah comes along and he quotes Tosos. The, the Ramah says that there's room to be lenient nowadays because people no longer are by and large in making instruments. So says Rav Moshe, Moshe says, L'chein hayim mineroi he says it could be appropriate to be machmir because we do have the mechaber. Avalalko panem ladina. Hevi the Ramad does quote Tosvos Halachalamaisa, the Kosiv Shalsad Nogulhakil. And the Ramah says, based on Tosvos, we have the custom to be Mekal, which means that we do dance. The Khain says Ramasha, Roin Anu Shaharbe, Yureyim Vishlamim, Mirachtim Bishabas Vyontiv. We've seen many people who were God-fearing Jews, Yeryim Vishlamim, who also dance in Shabbos. So there's room to be mekel, and, and bang on the table as well. Now, the other point is what we do usually is really not rekidah. Right, there's a story with Ramosha that he was in some, one of these circles of dance and song on Shabbos, and somebody asked him the question, isn't there a problem of dancing? And his response was, this is not dancing. Right, the melacha of, of rekidah is meraked, is you're sifting flour. When you're sifting flour, it jumps up and down. So real rekud, real dancing, is not, you know, shuffling your feet in a circle, holding onto somebody's back. Real dancing is jumping up and down. That's rekidah. Now even that, it sounds like there's room to be makel. We have tosos and the ramah. But uh, here you have it. Halachal ha uh, using negunim outside the Jewish world is okay, but we should stay away from those Nagunim that are contemporary enough that we'd think of the words. Have a wonderful day.